What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the show. This is Dylan James right here on Out of Bounds with JDF Media. Alongside me, as always, is Tyler Sorensen. Tyler, week nine is in the books. We're going into week 10 now. We're at the halfway mark of the season. How you feeling? How you feeling about the Packers win, first of all? We'll talk more about it. We'll dive deeper into it in a little bit in the show. But how you feeling about the Packers win? Do you think this is going to lead them to a win streak potentially? Do you think they get right back on track? Um, how you feeling? Um, I mean, I I like it. I'm glad we finally got a win over a team that we should have beaten with the Rams. If Matthew Stafford was starting, it, I think it would have been a little bit of a different story. But with Brett Rippon, unfortunately, Brett, I'm sorry. I think your time in the NFL is over after getting cut this last week. Um. But honestly, I think it could. We do face the Steelers next week, which their defense is a lot better than the Rams, in my opinion. Yep. Their team is a whole lot better. Their offense isn't so much that that much better, but they're still in the playoff hunt. But this whole season has been weird so far looking at it from a outsider's point of view and looking at the Packers. I think we can. I think we've been since LaFleur has been the head coach. I think we've we haven't lost a game in November or something like that, which it could happen still. We're still on that streak. Um could happen we could have on a winning streak like we did last season the vikings are are banged up the lions are starting to get a little bit more banged up the bears are the bears so if we can get healthy that'll be great but right now we have the injury bug with jair out our entire dbs are out basically we started two rookies last week so it's gonna be rough it's gonna be rough but I think they they have they, I mean they can do some good things. I think they can do some good things. I think that Jordan Love silenced a little bit of the hate that he was getting on the four game losing streak you guys were on. But again, we'll talk more about that in just a little bit. Thank you for joining us for a Thursday edition once again for Out of Bounds. And Bailey's birthday was on Tuesday, so therefore couldn't miss the birthday dinner, obviously. So we're actually thinking about keeping it on Tuesdays, but at the same time, if you guys like Thursday more, we might look at that and see if that might be a move that we're willing to make. So feel free to let us know in the comments below what you think about our schedule. Do you like it on Thursdays right before Thursday night football? Do you like it on Tuesdays after Monday night football? Let us know in the comments below. We'd love to get your thoughts there. Also chime in during the show. We'd love to get your comments, get your questions, and we will pop them up on the screen and discuss them right here on the show because we are the most interactive sports network on social media, JDF Media right here. And uh, while you're at it too, subscribe to the YouTube video. Make sure you share it with your friends. Share it on Facebook as well. We're streaming there, streaming on Kick too, and Twitch. So make sure to share this stream with your friends. We want as many people as possible in here because at the very end of the show, we also have Peeper's Picks, some good sports betting talk there. Our OOB parlay hit last weekend. So we'll talk more about that. And we will give you another parlay that includes a leg from tonight's game as well. So be sure to tune in for that towards the end of the show around 7.50 p.m. Eastern time. So feel free to stay around for that. Um, but tonight we're going to talk a lot about Josh Dobbs, his performance with the Vikings. You talked about the Vikings being banged up, and he came in on short notice, five days notice, and uh, came in and was a backup quarterback, turned into a starting quarterback by the end of that game and led them to a win. So huge win for the Vikings. We'll talk a little bit about the Chiefs. And their, their game against uh, the Dolphins in Germany and the woes the Dolphins had on offense. We'll also talk about Antonio Pierce, his head coaching debut with the Las Vegas Raiders. They looked the way they were supposed to look at the beginning of the season, in my opinion. 
Uh, even without yeah. using Devontae Adams the way they should have been using him, I, I don't think he had a single reception until the second half in that game. But big, big win for the Raiders. It got them a lot of confidence, and they're moving forward. And uh, we'll see how they do the rest of the season. But before all that, let's get into Week 9 recap. We'll also talk about the division leaders currently and see if they are going to stay on that trajectory throughout the rest of the season, which should be a pretty interesting topic as well. And uh, Titans got a new starting quarterback too, which we'll talk more about that. Um, let's go into the Week 9 recap real quick first, though. Starting with the... We'll talk about the Titans and Pittsburgh game. I don't really want to talk about it too much. Um, it, it, it was still a good adding by Will Levis. He threw his first interception that game, did not throw any touchdowns. Um, it, it, it was it was a back-and-forth game towards the very end. They kept it to a one-possession game. And um, at the end of the day, they just couldn't get it done. But Will Levis did show some flashes in that game. He did show that he can lead a team down the field to potentially get that game-winning touchdown. He was only a few yards or like 19, 20 yards away from getting a touchdown in that scenario, which uh, huge by him, huge by him to have that scenario play out and almost get there, but throw a, an interception, which was a, a bit of a rookie mistake at the very end of the day. But um, some questionable calls on coaching as well, the play calling there. The second to last drive, they decided to run the ball three times and then try to throw on a fourth and four on a sideline route to Traylon Burks, which led to Traylon Burks getting concussed. He actually lost uh, lost consciousness for a few seconds, and he was um, helped off the field, carted off the field um, at the end of that. So a little bit of coaching malpractice there when it comes to the play calling towards the end of the game because they were right there in it. They could have gotten a touchdown to win the game. However, uh, that, that just did not bode well for this team. So at the end of the day, uh, I think Will Levis just still played a very, very good game. And the first two starts he's had, he's thrown for 500 yards so far. 500 yards in his first two games is not, pre- is not bad, especially for a Titans quarterback. <laughs> so uh, Titans quarterbacks are not usually known for throwing for more than uh, two, 225 maybe in a game. But in this one, he definitely uh, slung the ball around. So it's good to see him progressing the way he has. Do you have any uh, comments on that game, Tyler, in particular? Especially with you guys uh, I, playing the Steelers this week. I just wish he scored a touchdown because I had Will Levis as my starter in one of our leagues. And, of course, he didn't score into the end zone. He got close multiple times. He got close. But got Derrick close. Henry was the one that was good. I mean, I'm just glad that George Pickens is probably not going to be playing against us this week because of his little baby tantrum that he's been throwing for the past week and a half. But... It's one of those things, too, where it's like you look at the Steelers, the amount of good wide receivers they have with with issues is just insane. Yeah. But I think that's going to be the Steelers. I worry about TJ Watt and how he's going to absolutely demolish Jordan Love this week. But, I mean, the Steelers are the Steelers. I think their flaws are still on offense. They still got to fire Matt Canada. They still got to figure out what they're doing with that team. It should be a lot better than what they are. And I think once they get rid of the big... That Canada issue, I think will be a lot different. Well, and also you have Highsmith on the Steelers defense as well on the defensive line. And he, he's a game record too, especially having TJ yeah. Watt and Highsmith on each end of that line. That's uh, yeah, and not a Cam good combo. Ha- Cam Howard is coming back. I think last week he came back. He's going to be playing this week. So it's just going to be that defense is back to basically full strength. I think they're missing. Aren't they missing somebody though? The defensive back maybe I think he had injured. I don't know. 
potentially so i think they were banged up in the secondary when we played so uh, yeah, they, they at so. least have some injuries that are lingering not necessarily injuries that might keep them out of games but they, they are they are not they're not 100 percent. the secondary's not uh brian chiming in saying good evening boys he also said we got a win talking about the packers so go pack go and we'll see if they can continue that win streak this weekend against the sealers again it's gonna be a it's gonna be a tough game but i think it should be a still a good game still a good game to watch so uh, Kenny Pickett, though, man, he's just, he's not it. He's not no. it. I, I, and I don't know if it's because of play calling. I don't know if it's because of just him in particular. But some of the throws he was making out there, he was throwing wide open receivers, just lobbing it and just missing him by five yards. Um, th- there were times where, it, yes, some wide receivers did drop some balls. Deontay, uh, Deontay. Uh, was the the guy that um, was his main target that night. George Pickens wasn't really a factor in this game, but also he was getting covered by Christian Fulton, who Christian Fulton's been playing quite well the past few weeks compared to what he was playing from the Colts game. And before that, he was playing like dog water. Uh, but now he's playing great. I don't know why, I don't know what happened to him, but he's, he flipped a switch and he's been playing very, very well over the past few weeks. So hopefully that continues for the Titans secondary as well. So let's go into the next game, the Germany game, Dolphins versus Chiefs. In this game, Taylor Swift wasn't there, first of all. She was not watching in Germany. She was watching at a watch party, apparently, in New York or something along those. I think it was something along those lines. Um, Travis Kelsey didn't show up this game. So it kind of feeds the narrative still of when Taylor Swift is in the building, that's when Travis Kelsey actually is playing up to the level that we expect him to play at. But then once she's not in the building, it's like kryptonite. I don't know what happens with him, but he just decides not to turn it on. He had three catches for 14 yards in this game. Yeah. I think, though, in my in in Kelsey's defense, Miami's seven, their linebacker core, is fairly good. I think they got mainly beat on, like, the outside with their cornerbacks, which – I know we were talking about before we went live that we think that they rushed Jalen Ramsey or Jalen Ramsey rushed himself back, which I'm not surprised with. I know he's very competitive and I think he sort of did rush himself back. Two of their two other touchdowns came off of like short dump off screen passes to the wide receiver and just kept on and just was like playing the outside, whereas Kelsey is much more of a of a middle field type of player. So it's sort of where they're stronger at. And then of course they had that third touchdown, which was just a dumb play by Tyreek Hill which he didn't show up at all and Miami didn't really show up at all either and it's I think it's also showing the fact that like traveling to a different continent to play football is it's nice to watch but it isn't the best for football and I think you I think the players were talking about that a lot being like I don't like traveling leaving Friday to go to to play a game on a Monday and then come back and then play another game on Sunday yeah, even though both of them have a bye week. And also, Kansas City is the first team to actually leave that late and win an international game this season. So, uh, you know, that that narrative kind of got thrown out the window um, at the very end of the day of, of the jet lag being an effect on the play of the players and whatnot. But we talk about this game. The game was close, 21 to 14. It looks closer than it actually was because at the end of the game, Towards the end of the game is when the Dolphins got their two touchdowns. They got their touchdowns in the second half. So with that, do you think that the Dolphins are a bit overhyped right now? Like besides not having the the defense playing the way they should be playing, even though 
in the second half, they clamped down on the Kansas City Chiefs to where they could, they didn't score anything in the second half. But Jalen Ramsey coming back, possibly getting rushed from his injury, which, again, I think the timeline, the initial timeline we got was he was going to come back maybe in December. Yeah, like Is that mid, what, that was mid the to late we December, getting? I think. It's, mid to late December, I think, was the original timeline. And I think, like, they were like, he could come back early December. And they came back in, like, the first week of November, which I think it is rushed back. But going to the Dolphins, I don't think they're frauds, even though I, that's, like, my contribution to the notes is, are they frauds? I don't think they are. I think Mike Botaniel plays a very bells and whistles offense that defenses, if they're smart, they can figure out. And you're facing Andy Reid, who's probably one of the smartest offensive minds in football right now. And he's going to help out on the defensive side, no matter what. He's not the offensive play Carl anymore. He's the head coach. He's going to help out on both sides of the ball. And I think with him looking at it, I think he found the perfect way to break that team because of the amount of Mike McDaniel, Kyle Shanahan, turned your back to the defense play fakes. With that, you sort of have to have your defense like still stand still and not bite on it. And he's a good teacher that I think. I think you got to change up a little bit of what they're doing. I think you were pulling up some stats like the Miami Dolphins haven't really beaten the playoff team in like almost two years, which is insane. But I think this year, I think they should make the playoffs and I think they should do good. And I wouldn't be surprised within the next two years that they're in the Super Bowl. But they do have a very scheme where it's like basically all they have is just track stars and clearly like that. And I think. We're finally starting to see the the Devin Sean injury rear its ugly head because you don't really have a running game with Raheem Mostert. He's good, but he's not that fast anymore. And I think once a chain comes back, it'll be a lot better for this Dolphins team. And the, and the big thing with Raheem Mostert, you brought him up. He, he had 12 carries for 85 yards in this game, so he was still effective on the ground. Why did they only give him the ball 12 times? That's beyond me. But again, I think Mike McDaniels does want to lean more towards a pass-heavy offense, especially having Tua Tagovailoa back there. Tagovailoa back there, sorry. The, the, the N is there for some reason. Um, he was 21-34 on Sunday for 193 yards and a touchdown. So yeah. even he had pretty good numbers. His offensive line gave up three sacks. So that could have deterred that that could have made it to where he couldn't have gotten a first down or or whatnot when it comes to scoring points but they need to score more than 14 points against teams like the Chiefs yeah I mean, they really at the, at the end of the day but really? you look at you look at this game too with the Chiefs they only scored 21 points in this game they allowed and they went up against a very high powered offense in Miami who only scored 14 points are we seeing a transition with the Chiefs to where their defense may be better than their offense or their defense is more in line with the quality of their offense this season because they've only scored over 31 points twice this year. And that's an anomaly for a team that we've seen score at will the past three, four seasons in the Kansas city chiefs. Yeah. I think we're finally that. I think that defense is starting to get to the Tom Brady level where it's like, I don't want to say Patrick Mahomes is getting carried by his defense, but he's definitely his defense is definitely helping him out a lot more than it has in recent years. I think we're finally starting to see though that offense take a step back. I think again, like last week I was talking about it, Nat, Matt Nagy should not be the offensive coordinator of that team. I think that's going to be the leading crux of that team. 
I think the wide receivers, he's not scheming them open. They're not coming open because they're not fast. I, as much as I hate saying that for MVS and Darius Tony, they're not really the best wide receivers. They're 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 good wide receivers, but they're not true number one, number two guys. You have Travis Kelsey there for a reason, and then you have also have Isaiah Pacheco, which he didn't get really much touches. I think he I think he had six touches, six six seven touches the entire game which he's your star running back slash wide receiver slash Swiss army knife for the offense. He should be getting 12, 15, 16 touches. He got 16 not, in this game. Pacheco 16 did. in this game. Mm-hmm. So how many yeah. rushes did he get? Uh, he rushed for 16 uh, and got 66 yards. He carried the ball okay, 16, so he times. 16 touches. So probably got, I, I, it's I still, know, still not a good number six. though. Still, still, no, still he not should a still, good average. Yeah. He should still be getting more, especially too. You do have Jarrett McKinnon, who's still who's having basically a career resurgence with the Chiefs, especially last year. And you still have Clyde Edwards Lair, which he's not as good as he was when he came out of LSU, but he's still a good third down back, power back, just change of pace guy. That's gonna be very much so downhill, whereas the other guy's a lot more shifty. So you still have a fairly good core around it, but it's just like I think you take a look back at that of Matt Nagy, and it's again it's it's he's rearing his ugly head being like, Hey, if we don't win, I think it's going to be on you and not our defense or our offense. I think it needs to be looked at the coaches instead. Yeah. Well, I mean, especially them losing their offensive coordinator for several years, going to Washington instead. Now you have Matt Nagy and um, the, the, the issues he had in Chicago are kind of rearing their head in Kansas city. Good thing is at this point, they haven't gotten to a situation to where it's costing them games yet. They're seven and two. We talked about it last week. I would keep my eye on the Kansas City Chiefs just because of how they've been playing this year. But their defense is helping them out a lot. Their defense is helping them out tremendously this year. Another thing I've noticed too is that their time of possession as well, especially in this game, was pretty even with the Dolphins. I mean, that might be something they're trying to affect as well. They might be trying to get more time on the clock instead of going out there, scoring a quick touchdown and getting off the field, keeping their offense on the field, keeping their defense rested on the sideline to go out there and, and make their plays when they need to. But I mean, they're making it to where it's an even time of possession in most games these days. So that's a good thing for the chiefs. They, they keep the ball in their hands on offense. And as long as they do that, then the other team can't score obviously. So um, kudos to the chiefs for winning in a game like that, which we, again, I, I'm sure chiefs fans out there. Alex will probably bring it up when he gets on the show later this evening. I'm sure chief fans would want to see them scoring 30, 40 plus points a game. I mean, obviously, it's the Chiefs. You would, you would hope that'd be happening. But again, um, they, they, they're winning games. So that's all that matters. Um, let's go to the next one here the Vikings and Falcons. We talked about it a little bit towards the beginning of the show. Josh Dobbs came in five days on the team, had not taken snaps with his offensive line yet in practice. But On Sunday, he was thrust into the limelight because their starting quarterback for the day got injured. And Josh Jobs came in and led them to a win. 31-28 was the final score there. What do you think about Josh Jobs' debut there? Do you think it's sustainable with the Miami uh, Minnesota Vikings? Um, What what do you think about the Vikings' chances of, of making it to the playoffs this year at this point? I mean, I think that the Vikings locked into that situation where... The Cardinals, I think they should have kept. Uh, I, I'm surprised they got rid of Josh Dobbs with how loved he was in Arizona. 
obviously they only won that one game, but you look at the Cardinals and you're not thinking they're going to win more. I think a lot of people had them winning maybe like one, two games a season. And I think with Josh Jobs, I think they kept them, kept you guys more competitive in those games. And now with him going to Minnesota, I think it's going to be a lot better because they have a lot better weapons. They have uh, just, Justin Jefferson just got activated for practice this week. Um, you, KJ Osborne, which hopefully he's okay with that concussion. You have Jordan Addison, who's been having a breakout, who had a breakout month last month. You have a very good, you have TJ Hawkinson. You have Cam Akers, who unfortunately tore his AC, uh, ACL or Achilles? Yep. Or ACL. No, uh, was it? I, I think, think it was ACL. ACL. I think it was, think ACL, it was ACL, ACL again. There were so many that's... Achilles injuries this year. Uh, we'll talk about that in just a minute, too. It, it seems like it's been an abundance this season yeah. for some reason. Yeah, but but yeah, it's, like, it was ACL this time. Yeah, you look at that team, but they still have Alexander Madison, who was toted to be a starter. I think he lost that spot, and I think he's finally realized, like, hey, I got to be a starter again. But you look at Josh Jobs, and I think he's the modern era Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's a smart guy who can play the quarterback position fairly well. He's not the best, but he can go out there and sling it. He's loved everywhere he goes, it seems like. And he's just like, just insane. The only thing he really can't do is grow hair, but that's not his fault. He's the alopecia, so. <laughs> true, I mean, true. I mean, that's the only thing that's different against them. And, like, what else can you say? Josh Dobbs is just, like, the modern era of Ryan Fitzpatrick. And I'm going to live by that take. Yeah, I mean, I, I could see that. I could see him being a journeyman like that. I, I think he's earned a starting position somewhere. Let's just say that. Yeah. I think that... If he continues on this trajectory this season, I think he could potentially be a starting quarterback next year in Minnesota. If Kirk Cousins gets moved on from in free agency, they can get Josh Dobbs at a pretty reasonable contract as well, most likely, for Minnesota. So I wouldn't be surprised if they decided, you know what, if you can get to the playoffs this year, if they can get to the playoffs with Josh Dobbs this season, I think it's Josh Dobbs' role to lose. It's his job to lose at that point. Yeah, I think it really is. And also, too, with uh, Dion announcing that both his sons, Shiloh and Zidore, are coming back next season to Colorado. And also, Caleb Williams probably is going to be staying in USC next season as well. I mean, he's he's kind of iffy. So, yeah. Yeah, so might as well keep Josh Dobbs, especially if you make the playoffs. Everybody seems to like him in Minnesota. I I don't know if you saw that uh, post-game game ball sort of situation, but everybody seemed to love him. I think he's got a great reputation with those guys. Obviously, he came in five days ago and made the playoffs. The only thing that can pull him off of being a quarterback is if he actually goes to Mars, because apparently he's supposed to be doing that next year. But I I don't know if that's actually going to happen, but it's one of those things, too, where it's like you look at it, and it's like I, this could be his job to lose, especially in Minnesota, where they haven't really had a good quarterback since Teddy Bridgewater tore, completely destroyed his knee. They haven't really had that good that that quarterback that can lead, that can be aggressive in sources. Obviously, they had Kirk Cousins, who was good, but they didn't have that that guy that's like, okay, I trust you with the ball in your hands. I don't think a lot of people trusted Kirk Cousins with the ball in their hands. I think they trusted eh, the defense more. Eh, I mean, Kirk Cousins put up numbers. Kirk Cousins was he a good quarterback. Kirk Cousins is a good quarterback. Um, is he aging? Yes, he is aging, but he was still putting up good numbers. Even with Justin Jefferson out of the lineup, he he made it to where they, they were winning every game that they didn't have Justin Jefferson. So he's still a good quarterback. I, I think a better way to put it is since, since um, what, what was the quarterback's name that you, you referenced? Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy Bridgewater, there you go. Um, since Teddy completely ruined his knee in training camp a few years ago, they haven't had a quarterback of the future 
in Minnesota. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. that's the better way to put it because Kirk Cousins is the quarterback of now. He was playing really well for Minnesota. Justin Jefferson loved him. It sounds like Justin Jefferson is saying, look, if you don't sign before the injury, he was saying, look, if you don't sign Kirk Cousins back, let me know because I want to go wherever Kirk Cousins goes. Yeah. I mean, at that point, Justin Jefferson trusts him. Justin Jefferson knows he's a good quarterback. So obviously there's something there. There's something there with Kirk Cousins. He sees it. The team sees it too. Um, so hopefully he comes back with, with his Achilles, you know, fully healthy and comes back and has a speedy recovery. But J- Josh Dobbs going in there and he gets to play with Justin Jefferson this coming up week, it looks like. He, he just got designated to return this weekend. So he might be on the field. He might not be. But within two weeks, we'll probably see Justin Jefferson getting balls thrown to him by Josh Dobbs. And depending on what that connection looks like, I mean, we might see a transition to Josh Dobbs, similar to what we saw with Ryan Tannehill going down with an injury and Will Levis coming in. And now he got named the starting quarterback in Tennessee. So you could, I could easily see a situation like that happening because Josh Dobbs is still a young guy. I mean, he's 28, 29, maybe. So he still has a good career left. And I think he's, he's, he's healthy. Um, he's, He's been in there in several different teams. He has a, a great knowledge of the game. He, he's a very smart player, too. So I think that he could easily be the quarterback of the future for the Vikings and stay there for quite some time, um, even if they don't know what's happening with Kirk Cousins, just depending on how he progresses and, and he's able to come back from that injury. Um, if he's not the same guy, then they have a guy in Josh Jobs who could potentially carry that torch moving forward. Yeah, they really do. And I also would be surprised, too, if especially with Kirk's injury, if they do sign him to like a one-year deal in this free agency, just like, hey, we still trust you to be here, to be a leader for this team, especially if Josh Dobbs, something happens with Dobbs and just, it just doesn't work out. You got Kirk Cousins there, and then you can find another quarterback for the future. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Um, let's move on. Packers, Rams, Packers winning 20-3 to against the Rams. Rams did not have Matt Stafford in this game, but... It was still a good game for the Packers. I, I, I think that it would have been a bit closer if Matt Stafford had played. Maybe it would have gone in the other direction if Matt Stafford had played. But at the end of the day, it was it was a win for the Packers. That's all we got to say there. Uh, we talked about it a little bit before the show, too. You want to add anything else to to your thoughts on the Packers game? Uh, Shout out. Oh, my God. Who's our safety? Our rookie safety and Carrington Valentine. They both got their first career interceptions this year, this week. Um, I can't remember our safety's name to save my life, but I know he's a rookie. We drafted him out of. Did we draft? I don't even know where we drafted him. I know I can see his face, and I see what I know what number he wore, but I just can't think of it right now. But yeah, I'm glad our defense actually looked. Our defense actually looked okay and strong against the offense that we should have looked strong against. And I think that's something that we need to happen more often. We need to like take a look at like the character the people who were facing and be like, Hey, this should be, this should be a team that we beat. But it, unfortunately with the defense that we have, it doesn't happen all that time. And I'm glad we it was able to do it this time. And then our offense, we put, we, we give the ball to Aaron Jones and he does Aaron Jones things. Uh, that's all that really needs to happen. Like you need to find a way to get him the ball. Obviously his hamstring wasn't the best the past few weeks. And I think, I think he sort of rushed back from his injury as well. But at the end of the day, we just got to find a way to get him the ball. 
either give it to him via passes, via running game. We just got to find a way to give him the ball. I love I love AJ Dillon as much as the next guy, but he's not gonna he's not gonna be a be a be a Packer for much longer. I feel like. Yeah, I mean, depending on what his contract would look like if they decide to sign him to an extension, I think he's on his rookie deal still, right? He's on his rookie deal, but this is his last year. I think mm-hmm. this is his last year on his rookie deal. And then we got Eric Wilson, who who did uh, very well in the preseason. Uh, he was that standout rookie that we had. So I wouldn't be surprised if we keep him and get rid of Dylan for just let him walk in free agency. Unless, like, nobody wants him, we could sign him for, like, a complete minimum. Yeah. Um, also, another big big piece of news from the Rams. On Wednesday, they signed Carson Wentz. Remember him? Uh, Carson Wentz is going to be playing for the Rams now, and they're releasing Brett Ripien after that game, too. I think you mentioned that earlier in the show. But Carson Wentz coming back. Do you think that he can right the ship while Matt Stafford is still recovering from his uh, from his injury? I don't know. It's like that. Uh, did you see the Schefter tweet of how it's full circle with Carson Wentz getting signed to the, I did see that. the Rams? Yeah. And it was just a whole lot of nothing. I think that's what this is going to be. Like I feel for Brett Rippon, 20, 2018 Mountain West Player of the Player of the Year, uh, played at Boise State for a while, was broke all the records. Basically, I think he's good court, college quarterback. But again, Boise State quarterbacks don't really pan out in the NFL. You look at Keelan Moore, but look at what they can do. They can be offensive coordinators. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see that transition within the next few years, him to offensive coordinator somewhere. But I think the Rams, I think they're finally going to come back to earth, especially with Puka Nakua sort of. With Cooper Cup being back, it's not just force feed Puka anymore. I think he will fall back to earth a little bit, not as much, but I think he will start to come back to earth. Yeah. I mean, as long as Cooper is out there and playing at the level that he's expected to play at, Puka doesn't need to. Puka just be there as the compliment and... That's not a bad thing for the Rams. So having a complimentary second wide receiver out there, which they've missed the past few years, um, I think that's going to be beneficial for Matt Stafford or Carson Wentz, whoever's playing quarterback out there, which will be which will be good. Um, let's hit on this really quickly. Commanders beat the Patriots twenty to seventeen. Bill Belichick this year with the Patriots is two and seven so far. Going into this game in Germany. Apparently, there's a report out there that Bill Belichick has to win this game this week, this week, and if he doesn't, he could potentially be out the door in New England. One, do you see that happening? Do you see him being on the hot seat? And two, do you think that the Patriots could right the ship to be better than two and eight? Be better, you know, be closer to five hundred than not. They face the Colts this week, and then after that to the Giants, Chargers, Steelers. Jesus Christ. I just looked at the schedule, and I can see the end of the schedule. It looks so weird because I, I feel like this season just started, like, yesterday. Yeah, it's flying by. Flying but by. Um, looking at the end of the season, they're going to have a rough season ahead. They still have the Chargers to face, which even though they've been in a slump this year, I think that's sort of like a, an outlier this year. Chiefs. Bills, Jets is their next few. I don't think they're going to do good. I also don't think that Bill Belichick is going to get fired. I think he's going to, they're going to politely ask him to resign. If you fire him after what he's done for the, for the Patriots, I think there's going to be an uproar in new England. 
I think there's there's going to be an uproar and probably an investigation. But I wouldn't be surprised if at the end of this year we see a, hey, Bill Belichick is no longer a head, the head coach of the New England Patriots, even though I believe they just signed that extension or something like that this past off that they were talking yeah. about in this offseason, which I think it's very much so just like, hey, you're going to get your money. We're not going to take, we're not going to, we're going to release you, but you're still going to make that money because look at what you've done for us. And I think it's one of those things where it's like, I think they're starting to realize, I think Kraft is starting to realize that his time is done. He needs to find a new head coach. And I think if you find it now, I think it could be the best bet. Here's what I think. I think that it's not necessarily on the shoulders of head coach Bill Belichick. I think it's on the shoulders of GM Bill Belichick. I think that that's the biggest thing to me in this scenario that they don't have. And they don't have a GM who can focus on putting personnel on the field. For the longest time, the reason why, you know, yes, Tom Brady and Bill Belichick won all those Super Bowls is because of Tom Brady, for the most part. We've, they had, he had good coaching. Bill Belichick knew the rule book in and out cover to cover. I mean, he knows every single line in the rule book by heart, but you still need to have a guy in there that could, can put the guys on the field that you need to be successful. And Bill Belichick is biting off more than he can chew. That's what he's done the past few years, especially being the GM. He's made some weird picks in the draft, had the tight end situation with, um, with uh, Jonu Smith and uh, the Chargers uh, tight end as well that went up there and played with Jonu oh. Smith. Um, I forgot what his name is uh, off the top of my head. But, I don't remember. Um, Hunter Henry. That's center. Hunter Henry. Hunter oh, Henry. yeah. And that center, too, or the guard that was yeah. supposed to be in, like, the third round. Just some very weird decisions. And I think it's led to this point. It's led to them having the success or lack thereof that they've had the past few seasons. I mean, you, you put it here in the notes. They're 25 and 25 between 2020 and 2022, not not a good record for Bill Belichick and the Patriots. I think they need to put a GM in there first, see if that helps things, um, and give him the title. Don't, don't, don't make it a situation where, you know, oh, our offensive coordinator is everybody. We're all playing the calls like they did last year. No, no, no. Throw that out the window because you need a GM. You need a named GM in the, in the seat to worry about player personnel and you worry about coaching and see how it goes next season. If it's still dumpster fire next year, that's when you could probably look elsewhere. But I mean, they should be able to get a pretty good draft pick with their, with their record the way it is right now. If they maintain that, if they, if they have what five or six wins on the season, I think they can still have a pretty good draft pick in the upcoming draft. So I, that's what I would do. I would wait it out one more year, see if a GM being put in place could help you and if it doesn't, then move on from Bill Belichick as GM and as head coach of the New England Patriots. Um, let's hit on these stories really quickly because we're about to get on time for Alex to join us to talk about Peeper's picks. He'll be joining us in the studio shortly. Um, the Giants and Raiders game this weekend. Raiders had a make-it-right game, 30-6 to against the Giants. Daniel Jones did go down with an injury in this game. He is out for the rest of the season. I believe it's an ACL as well. Yeah, I think it got for, confirmed to be an ACL. So ACL tear for for Daniel Jones, ending his season early. But the Raiders righted the ship. Had Aiden O'Connell starting as quarterback. And Antonio Pierce, man, he went in there as a head coach. 
and he did a pretty good job. He, he got this team going to where they scored the way they were supposed to score. They played the way they were supposed to play, and they won the game. Uh, at the end of the day, I think that they're going to do – I mean, they could do well in their division still. AFC West is still kind of wide open. You have the Chargers there who are kind of wishy-washy a little bit. Um, with Brandon Staley being the head coach there, you can easily jump them in the standings if, if you can. Um, they still have some work to do. They could still be a wild card team potentially, but uh, do you see Antonio Pierce leading this team to a playoff berth potentially? I mean, yeah, I could see it. They, they, this is sort of the same story that happened before when John Gruden got fired. You get Rich Pasashi, your special teams coordinator. He gets the head coaching nod. He leads your team to the playoffs and you end up firing him. And I hope that doesn't happen again this time for, for years because it looks like Everybody on the Raiders likes him, especially after the whole everything that's been coming out since uh, McDaniel's got fired with the players meeting, with the with them talking with Davis, with the with the Jimmy G signing, how it was mainly uh, uh, McDaniel's that wanted it instead of Ziggler, how basically how it basically Antonio Pierce that got him fired instead of the players. But it's like you look at that whole thing and it's like, how did he have a job after everything that happened? Especially still, we could, I completely forgot about this until a few, it feels a few days ago. The whole Josh McDaniels thing with Denver Broncos with the spy gate. I forgot that that was him doing it. And it's like, you look at that, how does he have a job still already with the Raiders? And it just seems like the most Raiders thing. And it's like, I think this is the best way to do it for the Raiders is give him the hood coaching position, let him keep the head coaching position, and let him put, let him build back the Raiders' way how it was before instead of this sort of new new age Vegas Raiders go back to go back to the way how they were when they were in Oakland. They're the bad boys. They're the, we're going to punch you in the mouth. And I think that's good for football, especially when you look at the Steelers too, the Steelers and the Raiders. Those are the two bad boys of football. Those are the two that will punch you in the face, basically no matter what. And it's like, I think that's sort of, since they moved to Vegas, they haven't really had that in the head coach. And I think with them having, having Antonio Pierce back, I think, especially with him being a former player, I think that's going to be a, good a good portion for the for the Raiders moving forward yeah and also heavy dose of Josh Jacobs as well Josh Jacobs had 26 carries in this game had 98 yards and two touchdowns keep doing that yeah keep yeah, giving him the ball be, yeah he's your best player yeah. on offense yeah. that's not named Devontae Adams like yep and Devontae Adams didn't really see many targets in this game towards the t- towards the second half he had some targets some some uh receiving yards there but wasn't really looked at too much in the first half, and, and people were saying it might have been just because of the way he acted, um, you know, with, with his quarterback or whatnot. I don't think so. I think it was just the game oh. plan, having it to where Josh Jacobs was a heavy dose in the beginning and then kind of opening up for the rookie, especially a rookie quarterback going in there. Um, that, that was the big thing for them. But Josh, uh, David, uh, Devontae Adams ended four, care, four receptions, 34 yards, um, along of 12 yards was, was that. So, um, yeah, not bad. I think also too you got to think about it. Aiden O'Connell was the backup third string basically because they had Brian Hoyer come in last week or two weeks ago. Yep. So he's not getting reps with Devontae Adams. They still got to build chemistry. I think, and I think within the next few weeks, I think they should be good. I think their bye week is soon. I think, but week thirteen, so it's in two mm. three weeks basically. I think after that, I think you'll see a lot more Devontae Adams, a lot more Josh Jacobs, and a better offensive scheme, especially with them firing uh, Mike Lombardi. I think that was a. I think that was one of the things too that I, not a lot of people talked about was 
their offense wasn't good. Their offense didn't have a good scheme to it, especially with having the having the best running back in the league last season, having him barely getting 10 touches a game. He should be getting more of that, especially when it's a downhill running scheme. And that's what you want to do if you're the Raiders. And now they're finally doing it. And it's just, I think it's going to be a lot better team moving forward, and especially with them being four and five. They can make a they can make a playoff spot, especially in the AFC where it's it's very top heavy and very wide open on the bottom. Yeah, absolutely, I agree with you there. Um, last but not least, let's talk about the Bills and Bengals game. It was a rematch after the Demar Hamlin situation happened last year. They want to make a huge story about it this year, even though he was inactive for this game. Um, still a big game for both teams. I think it was it was a telling game for the Bills at the end of the day because the Bills lost twenty four to eighteen. After Josh Allen had that rushing touchdown, though, where he pointed at the defender, got the taunting penalty called on him, the momentum just swung to the Cincinnati Bengals completely. Like, it, it was just, it was their game at that point. They went in, took care of business, beat them by six points. Um, huge game for the Bengals, first of all, because they're back in the race right now. They're five and three in that division um, behind... The Browns, Steelers, they're both five and three, but then also the Baltimore Ravens are seven and two. So that division, the AFC North, is very, very, very tight this year. Uh, but the Bengals needed that win; they got it. The Bills needed that win as well, in my opinion. Now they're five and four. Yeah, I mean, looking at the Bills roster, I think it's still the same issue that they've had year in and year out. They don't have a running game. They they've hadn't had a running game since Arshon Lynch, since Fred, uh, not Fred Warner. Oh my God, the other running back, Fred Taylor. Fred Taylor. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. I, I knew it was a Fred something. Like, and that was what 2010, 2011 ish. Like they haven't had a running game since then. Obviously, they just had Leonard Fournette this week, but it's Leonard Fournette. He's not really getting that much of touches so they just got to find that running game for him and it can't be josh allen josh allen cannot be your leading rusher week in week out especially since he's your starting quarterback like he's not as much as i hate saying this because i like lamar jackson he's not lamar jackson he's a big bodied six seven gonna run downhill on people he's trying to make everything he can lamar even though his he's a running quarterback that's been transitioning really well into a pocket passer but he's a lot more shifty. He's going to keep himself not injured, even though he has had that injury bug the last few years. Josh Allen is just going at defenders. He's not going down at all. And you can't be doing that if you're a starting quarterback. And I think we're starting to see that, hey, he he's a good quarterback, and I think he's going to be that quarterback that's going to lead you to the playoffs every single time. He's just not going to be that. He can't be that guy that's going to – I don't think he's going to be that guy that's going to take you through a Super Bowl. No. I mean, I think he's, at this point in his career – he is very similar. I think I might have said this before in the past as well. He is our current day Peyton Manning. Very good in the regular Manning. season. Very good in the oh. regular season. But in the postseason, he just, he cannot get over the hump. He's had one, I think one year where he's actually won a playoff game. Like yeah, and that was the first year. That was the first year that the Bills won a playoff game. I think in almost 10 years. Ridiculous. Years. Yeah ridiculous and he's been put on this pedestal since he's been there in buffalo i for me and he's gotten like he's become a douche okay he's become a douche at this point he was very 
likable when he first came into the league. Very humble, it seems like. Coming from Wyoming, just seemed like this guy that you were like cheering for. And then after that playoff win, it got to his head. It really got to his head very, very quickly. And, I mean, I'm sure the Buffalo Bills fan base didn't help because most of them are that way as well. But, I mean, the Bills are just crazy. The Bills are just crazy. The Bills are just crazy. And I I don't know. Uh, To me, he's very overrated, in my opinion. Um, And Josh Allen hasn't been the same since Daybo left. I agree with that, Alex. Alex also chimed in about the DeMar Hamlin situation. Um, Everyone's projecting DeMar Hamlin as comeback player of the year. Does dressing for one game in week three constitute a comeback? We're halfway through the season. He might come back for more games at the end of the day. So as of right now, no, I don't think it does. I, I think the biggest thing is comeback player of the year. It, it's it's a, a PR award Yeah. at that point. I mean, he died on a football field last year and came back like – that's a huge comeback in and of itself. Do I think it warrants comeback player of the year for him to come back, play one, like you said, dress for one game? I, I don't think so, in my opinion. But who else is going to get it, though? Who else has come back so far this year? I mean, Lamar Jackson. He got I injured mean, last could... year towards the end of the year. He's come back now. He's going back into MVP form. He's been winning games left and right. Like this week, I mean, he... he did a number this weekend. I mean, I think that that's something for Lamar. Um, that's probably the biggest name I can think of when it comes to comeback player of the year. Yeah. I think it's also to remember the Alex Smith year. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. But when he went to Washington, yes. Everything's breaking on my end. Oh, sorry. You're hearing, our guest in the other green room. Um, I don't hear him. So Alex, I can't hear you, but um, also make your video horizontal anyway. So I'll mute him for you. One second. Anyway, (laughs) but he left. Um, But there we go. I I think that Alex Smith. Yeah. Coming back from into Washington, playing a few games in Washington there. Well, so I was going to I was going to make this point, but it's like I remember that year and I remember people being like, oh, it should go to Ben Roethlisberger because he came back from that elbow injury the fo- that following year. And I think that was the year that they that they almost went undefeated. I think they went undefeated until like week 13 or something like that. And then they lost to the commanders or the I think it was the football team at the time. But people gave it to Alex Smith because he came back from that injury and only played like five, six games. I think if DeMar Hamlin plays more games, I think if he doesn't get those healthy inactives, which I think the reason why they're doing it is because of the whole fact of, you, I don't want you to die on the football field again. I think it could still go to him. And I think it might still, because of like, the, like you, what you said, he died on the football field, came back to life, and it, and did play in a game. I wouldn't be surprised he if he does go for to for a game. I don't know if he played. He dressed he, for he a dressed game. I think, he, for I, think a he game. Got, I think he had like three snaps. Mm. But I think also, I think it could go to Lamar. I think he could be the first like comeback player of the year plus MVP winner if he keeps on going the way that he was. But I do think, and I'm gonna, I'm actually gonna have uh, post an article on my, on my uh, dormant website that I've been trying to write for about the awards. And I have a, I have a non quarterback winning MVP this year in my opinion. Oh, okay. 
Okay. We'll talk more about that later in the season. We'll see if your projection can, stays the way it's supposed to be projected. Uh, Alex also said, feels like he's the only team. Um, he is on, on only on the team still because it would be a PR nightmare to cut him. I, I agree. I mean, why did they trade for Russell Douglas? Yeah. If they wanted to play, like, I think, which I got to say this. I, I miss him. I miss him already. Like, I, I really wish he was still on the Packers, but at the mm-hmm. same time, I think, I think that team, they have two former Packers that we should have kept, but they just got rid of them because yes. Yeah. Um, our, our guest is still in the green room. He's still vertical instead of horizontal. So if you can flip that phone of yours or camera of yours, that would be great. Um, I'll get him in the studio in just a second for us. Um, but I did want to bring up one thing though. Last week we started the OOB parlay for the show, which Alex, you should be looking at your, your, um, your player prop for that as well. But we did the play, the OOB parlay last week and we actually, sorry, not that one, that one, we actually were in the green last week. We did win that parlay. Um, so congratulations to those who followed along with the parlay. Hopefully you got some money. Uh, based on our picks last week, which we'll be putting together an OOB parlay this week as well um, once we get Alex in here. But Alex will be joining us tonight to talk about his picks and Peeper's picks. His picks weren't uh, the best last week. He was 50% on his picks, um, but we will get him in here in just a moment. And without further ado... Our guest this evening is Alex Peeper to join us to talk about Peeper's picks. Alex, thanks for uh, joining this evening. Let me get uh, Tyler in here. One second. Let me put you back over there in just a second <laughs> because I need to put you. Uh, everything's breaking. Everything's breaking. So here you go. There's there's Alex there. And we're going to go there. Alex, welcome to the show. I'm putting um, Tyler in here as we speak. And he should pop up there. There we go. There you go. Perfect. Um, Alex, welcome to the show. Let's talk about your picks. You're firing up your computer as we speak as well. It seems like you weren't prepared for the show this evening, but um, I'm glad I told you uh, last night what time we were going to be doing the show this <laughs> evening, and uh, you still are are rushing to the very end. I would have gone on like right as you told me to get on, but for some reason, my uh, Disney work computer decided to... Uh disconnect me off the vpn and i couldn't get on so not sure what went wrong there but i'm here and i'm ready shout out uh shout out to your vpn for disney and bailey also says what are you gonna buy me dylan uh with the winnings i had last week uh nothing uh maybe we'll find out it was her birthday uh, we are we already went to dinner as well so we'll, we'll see what happens um if it was, it was your dinner be. gift yeah it was just the dinner uh, that, it was part of your dinner that's right we went to bar taco so that, that, that was and alex is gone um so hopefully he comes back there he is so alex let's get into your picks real quick actually do you have your player prop for the oob parlay i do have my player prop okay is it is it one of the props that we already have in the parlay have you looked at the google doc to make sure that yours is not the same as one of ours that's a no i don't think it yeah i don't Uh, think you have it's okay. What do we got, boys? It's okay. What do, got? What do you guys? I'll got? start off with my leg first, then. Okay. Uh, I'm looking at the FanDuel app right now, so um, FanDuel is going to be where we're going to be. We're going to be putting these player props. Ann Bailey said she needs gifts, not gifs, gifts. Um, and Ann Bailey also said Alex didn't even brush his hair. I see. So that's good. He looks sweaty as well. So therefore, he probably came from the gym. I'm assuming. 
So this this is we're off to a great start no, with Peepers Picks this week. Oh wow! I just walked upstairs. Sweaty. Um. Okay, I have Will Levis this week is playing up against Tampa Bay Buccaneers as we saw last week during our OOB parlay. If you had if you had picked our parlay from last week with Baker Mayfield, he was making us sweat a little bit towards the end of our parlay uh, because. Because he decided to go with the over. Tyler decided to go with the over in passing yards, which is 236.5. He did hit that, but it was towards the very end of the game. However, the Texans still won the game with a last-minute touchdown, I believe, was that. So um, my pick this week is going to be Will Levis over 220.5 passing yards in the game. I think that that is a surefire bet just because Will Levis has hit that in the first two starts of his career so far. He's averaging 250 yards per game. And also the Buccaneers are allowing 279.4 passing yards per game this season. They're ranked 31st in the league in defense allowing passing yards. So not very good number for the Buccaneers. It's going to be a high-flying game, and Will Levis is going to let it rip, as we've seen the past few weeks. And Ann Billy says, Dylan's boyfriend, Will Levis. And I, yes, he, he is my my um, football crush, as you say. So, you like uh, the Mayo Man? The Mayo Man. I do like the Mayo Man. Uh, he, hey, he got the starting role, and uh, I think he's going to do good things. So over 220 and a half is what I'm putting down for Will Levis. Tyler, what is your player prop this week for the parlay? Well, I hope Will Levis goes over 300 and scores more touchdowns than last week. Hopefully so. Fingers crossed. Mine is Adam Thielen over 68.5 receiving yards. Uh, I don't know. I just like it. He's hit it five of the last eight times. The Bears' defense is bad. They're allowing over like 250 yards per game passing-wise, one of the worst in the league, especially if believe they got. I believe Eddie Jackson is not playing tonight. It's going to be a shit. It's going to be the the toilet bowl of the century this tonight. So, I mean, hey, the bowl, here's the thing, though. The Bears can't lose in my defense. Even if they lose, they can't lose because they have the Carolina Panthers first round first round pick of next year. So if they win, they get a, wor- they get a worse draft pick. If they lose, they get a worse draft pick. Win-win it's a win-win for scenario for them. Yeah, for sure. It's a win-win for Chicago. Carolina is the only one that can lose. They can... But I think also, I think with this game, I think Adam Thielen is going to get fed the ball fairly well, especially with how bad the uh, Chicago Bears uh, back four has been looking. I think their front seven has been getting a lot better, especially that linebacker core. And I think having Adam Thielen there as wide receiver one for Carolina, I think that's going to be the best bet for for either team, especially with Tyson Pageant being the starting quarterback for the for the Chicago Bears. Well, hopefully Tyler's prop won't be the sweat prop we have for our parlay for a second week in a row, but I think it should be fine. I think that Adam Thielen should be able to hit at least 69 receiving yards tonight. I hope he hits just exactly 69 receiving yards tonight. Um, Alex, your player prop for this week. What, what are you liking? Well, am I able to do a same game? Because mine is the same. I'm going with the Bears tonight. It's a different... It's a different prop but okay same game we should okay. be able to yeah i feel like we were just talking a little smack on tyson badgett Bajent, but i'm gonna go with tyson Bajent over 188 yards <laughs> over the past in the four games that he's played 75 percent of the time he's thrown over 200 the first game he didn't throw over 200 it's because they blew out the the um the raiders so you know i think it's a comfortable pick i you know, 
I'm I'm half half confident in it, but you know, 188 yards against the defense like the the Panthers that had let up let, let Gardner Minshew throw 350 on them. Like, I think I think he'll do fine. I think he can hit half of that of what Gardner did. Also, FanDuel is putting it at 182.5, so it's actually a better odd for you. So. FanDuel would have it at 182.5 yards passing for Tyson Badgett. Over is what Alex is going with. So at that point, it would be a four plus 491 odds. A $10 bet would give you 49.13 as the payout. So I'm locking that bet in. So once again, the bet is Adam Thielen over 68.5 receiving yards this evening. We also have Tyson Badgett throwing over 182.5 yards and Will Levis over 220.5 yards on Sunday. Overall, a plus 491 odds. $10 wins you a total payout of 59.13. So good luck to everyone out there. Let's see if we can hit that second OOB parlay in a row. Dylan, I got to ask, do you think all season you would ever take the under on Will Levis? Just hypothetical question on passing yards. Would you ever take the under? I think so, depending on what the matchup looks like. I think so. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Because, I mean, they're they're facing the 31st ranked passing defense in the league. So, obviously, he's going to throw for more than 220.5 yards. However, this this morning, it was 214.5 was the number, and we missed that. So, because we waited till tonight to put in the parlay. So, Alex didn't give me his player prop earlier this afternoon. So, that's the reason why we missed that number. But 220.5 is still a good number. I think that's still a good number. And you only get this. think about it. And a good thing is, too, you only get this parlay if you listen to the show live. So, therefore, once it hits, we'll post the post the graphic for it. But, uh, yeah. Um, Ann Bailey said nice to the 69 receiving yards. She said 49-13. I'm not sure what that refers to. She also says Dylan loving Will Levis minus minus accurate. a lot of numbers. A lot of numbers. Accurate. So, yes, that, that's that's definitely accurate there. So let's move on to uh, what you're here for, Alex, is Peeper's Picks. Last week you gave us six picks. And here's where your season record stands. You got three right, three wrong. You're 50% so far. So uh, that's a good thing. That's a good thing so far. That's pretty good betting typically, right? You said it's about 55% is what cappers usually hover around. I think professionals usually around 55. So 50 is okay. We're trending. We're trending. We're trending in the right direction. Yeah. So this, this afternoon, this evening, give us your picks for week 10 in the NFL. All right, let's tag them and bag them. We're going to do the week 10 slate, the every uh every um time slot, every major time slot starting with tonight Thursday night football. All right. We've got a what, a one win Panthers going up against a two win Bears. How many yes. wins? Yes. Two, win two Bears. wins. It's going to be a shootout. <laughs> no, it's not. An ugly it's not game. It's going to be a shootout. It's going to be an ugly game. I, I don't really think that one team would blow out the other regardless. So I'm going to go with the Panthers plus three and a half here. I think, I think the, the Colts last week won by what? They, I think they won by uh, 10, 13 points because of two pick sixes. As long as Bryce Young keeps that under control and doesn't throw two pick sixes, I can see them moving the ball down the field, putting up points, and stopping a, a, a mediocre offense, a mediocre Chicago offense. Um, it's going to be low scoring, but I think we lay the points at plus three and a half. 
and take the Panthers. Although I do have Bajan 28, so I do need him to still throw the ball a good amount. <laughs> All right, we're going to Sunday. I forgot we have another London game, or a, a Frankfurt game. Uh, so we'll cover that one. We got Colts and Patriots. Um, okay, I'm going to take the Patriots plus two here. Bill Belichick and team are what, two and seven? Gardner and team have just won the last, I think, three in a row by putting up, you know, not last game, but the two games before that, I put up like over 30 plus points. That's not going to happen against against the Patriots. I think the Patriots are going to do what's called like a make it right game. They've got to come back. They got to come back back to the states with a win. I just don't think I just can't see Bill Belichick uh, losing. And if he does lose, that's okay because the spread's plus two. So we're going to take New England plus two uh, over there in Frankfurt. Um, 1 p.m. time slot on Sunday. We got a couple of opportunities here, but. I'm going to go, and this is kind of risky, but I'm going to go with the Jaguars plus three spread against the San Francisco 49ers. There's a lot of talk about them being the best team in the AFC, potentially uh, having a great season, uh, healthy. I think, I think with a, a, um, you know, they don't have, with the Niners not having all the weapons, I think there's an opportunity there for uh, the Jags to, to pull out another win. And it'd be a statement win. Um, so I like the Jags plus three. So if they, even if they lose, you know, they'll, they'll keep it close. <clears throat> all right, moving on to the 4 p.m. time slot. We've got, all right, I think this is the lock of the week. Oh. Um, I, 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 don't think, I don't think you lose with this bet. It is the Lions at the Chargers. Chargers have won, I believe, three straight. Uh, last week they won with the Jets. Uh, I called that. Called that win. Um, great, great pick. I think the Chargers are going to lose this week. <clears throat> I think it's a it's it's a letdown week for the Chargers. They're going to lose. They're going to have Jared Goff coming back in California, pretty boy. You know he, he he grew up there. He's ready to impress everybody in California. I think there's going to be more Lions fans there than there are Chargers fans. There definitely definitely will be more Lions fans there than there are Chargers fans. So give me spread at right now. It's at three. Um, if, if I can, Dylan, I'd like to tease that to two and a half. But if we want to go by Vegas books right now, where it's at right now, it's my, it's plus three. You can so, tease it. Um, it's fine. Tease it. I, I'd tease it at two and a half, right? I think um, getting that field goal to, to cover. All right. We're going to head up to Sunday night football, Jets Raiders. I was super pissed off at the Jets last week. I, I, I know I wanted, I said on the pod that they were going to, the Chargers were going to win, but I just can't stand watching Zach Wilson. He's just hopeless. He is hopeless. I mean, how many yards did he throw for? Like a hundred? I don't even know if he threw for a hundred yards. I every time they walked out on the field, I thought that there was an opportunity, and I every drive I thought, okay, Zach Wilson, come on, he's he's changed, he's taking responsibility. But no, so they're playing the Raiders, and it's a pick'em. A pick'em. Are you kidding me? A pick'em? Look at did you see what the Raiders did last week? I know they played the Giants, but they smoked them. You're looking at a Raiders team that is fired up because Josh McDaniels got fired. Clearly, they didn't like him. If you measured the amount they didn't like him by the points they beat the Giants, they really didn't like him. So we're going to go with the Raiders. It's a pick em. Raiders money line. I'll take that all day. Um, I think they're on a new trajectory. Um, you know, at the root of all their problems where they didn't believe in the coach, then, you know, if that's gone, they're set up for success. And then finally, Sunday, Monday Night Football, we got Broncos, Bills. Give me the Bills at minus seven and a half. They are going to 
make it right, come back after a loss to the Bengals. Um, I think, you know, that if you look at their last, after they come off of a loss this season, I think they've won by average of 14 points, something like that. It's, you know, it's a big number. It's, it's a, it's a game. It's an opportunity for them to just make it right. Uh, I think that's what Josh Allen likes to do. He likes to just come back. He comes back on fire. Um, and it's, and I mean, it's the Broncos. So, you know, you don't have to do a whole lot anyway, because it's the Broncos. Uh, yes, I know the Chiefs lost the Broncos, but, um, you know, I think it's the, I Tough think take. the Bills are a solid pick there. Okay. Yeah. I would, I would call the Chiefs, but they are on a bye week this week. They are. So. And the Bills are also 4-1 yeah. at home this season. Yeah, that, that certainly helps, so that, too. That helps for yeah. the Bills. Um, Alex Hanley chimes in saying, who is saying the Jags might be the best team in the AFC? I need sources. Uh, you know, when I, when I watch First Take and I see Mad Dog up there and Stephen A. Smith, they're screaming at the TV talking about the Jags. That's one source. Probably not a credible source, but... Um, I've also read a couple of columns in CBS and, uh, you know, ESPN, they toss, they, they toss it out there. There's no one that's dying on a hill for the Jags, you know, like, have you ever been to Everbank stadium? You ever been there? Like, I don't even want to support the Jags. No. Like, I don't even like the Jags, but it's a I just think that it, it is, it's not a, it's, it's not a great place to be. No. Um, but you know, I think, you know, I, I don't know. I, 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 uh, I liked them last season. Um, you know, they played the chiefs well in the AFC divisional game, the, um, you know, they were nine. They, they came back with against the Chargers. I don't know. There's a lot of there's a lot of potential there, but there's also the potential for it to be a, a letdown game, right? They're like what seven and two, six and two, um, but I mean, they won't. I think they only have two losses. So that's um, also a game at home for the Jags, though, and the Jags don't necessarily play big games at home well. So that it might be it might be kind of tough, I mean, especially the Niners coming off a loss. They they want to they want to bounce back. Yeah. Yeah, that's so, also true. Um, Emily well, says, can, let's ride, talking about the Broncos. So Broncos country. Broncos country. Yeah, I bet uh, I bet. Um, what's-his-bucket's going to be doing some push-ups on the plane all on the way to Buffalo. Oh, Get Russell Wilson. For the game. Yep, yeah, Russell is. Wilson. Yes, he is. <clears throat> so that's Peeper's Picks for the week. Thanks for the analysis there, Alex. Hopefully you'll be able to join us on time next time. That would be great. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I'll set an alarm. Okay, perfect. Well, um yeah, that's all. Do you want? You have any th- last minute observations before you leave this evening? Um, you know, I really want to tag him and bag him this week. I don't think that that, that that's a strong statement, and a fifty percent win rate is uh, not enough to back up that statement. So, really hoping to at least uh, go sixty percent this week. Uh, or sorry, uh, what's the math here? What's three divided by five? I have five picks. Something like that, 60%, 65, I don't know, over 50. And Bailey says come back not sweaty next time as well. You know, I the whole point of betting is to, you know, the better sweat. So couldn't you just assume that I was watching a basketball game downstairs or something? Potentially. Sweating out of bet? Or watching Shark Week. I don't know, I was watching basketball, sweating out of bet. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well. Hey, oh, one last thing. I have one last thing, actually. One last yes. thing for the, anyone, any audience that's in Florida uh, on Tuesday. We, uh, the state of Florida is now allowed to legally sports bet, um, uh, using the hard rock bet app. So, um, you know, pretty, pretty cool. So for anyone that, uh, wants to start doing that, we need to start, we, we need to see if we can get that, this, uh, this whole segment sponsored by hard rock. Let's see if we can get that contact Alex over at hard rock bets and see if we can get that sponsored. 
Yeah, let me see what I can do. Maybe yeah. I'll just like place a ten thousand dollar bet and win, and then they'll be like, "Wow, this guy's legit." No, just kidding. I'll Maybe. see what I can do. Okay, sounds good. Alex Paper with Paper's Picks. Thanks uh, for joining us, Alex. And we look forward to next week when you're on time and not sweaty. That'd be great. Tag him and bag him. Um, Tyler, do you have anything else to say before Monday Night Football? I know it's about. I'm sorry, Thursday Night Football. I know it's about to start in just a few minutes. Um, anything to say about week 10? If you want to enjoy happiness, don't watch this game tonight. It's going to be a bad game. It's going to be a very bad game or, or unless you like torture and you can watch it, but maybe, maybe there are people. Oh, also there, Al McDaniel, uh, uh, Al McDaniel, I can't Al Michaels. Al Michaels. I don't know why I was thinking McDaniels. He's not retiring next year. That's what he says. He says he wants to come back for one more year at least. So doesn't uh, sound like it, but I mean, he doesn't sound very enthused it. in most calls. No, I but again, I, who would be enthused about calling the Bears versus the Panthers on Thursday Night Football? I mean, yeah, but I think he also got the bag from uh, Amazon, and it's just like I'm set. I'm doing one more year because my contract, and then I'm gone. Yeah. That helps. Um, yeah, I think this week's going to be good. I think there's some uh, pretty good matchups so far. Uh, Steelers-Packers is going to be a pretty good game. I can't wait to see that yeah. game. Um, Ravens-Browns, I think, is also going to be good. Yep. Titans-Buccaneers as well. Um, Commanders-Seahawks. Actually, that could be a really good game, too. See if the Seahawks can bounce back from their loss from last week. Um, Jets-Raiders the Commanders is going to be... Can go on a streak. Yeah, Commanders could go on a streak. Jets Raiders is going to be. Ugh. Why are the Jets back to back weeks in prime time with Zach uh, Wilson Aaron as their Rogers. quarterback? I, I know that, but they've had an opportunity to flex a game into that slot the past two weeks, and they haven't. Give me a reason why. I need. I we need to talk to an executive next week from NBC to say what's the dealio. They're going to send you with the email with, like, I don't care. Yeah, they, they, they don't. They don't. But the thing is, they should, because th- their ratings, I'm sure their ratings have to be down during those games. I'm pretty sure they sent have out to a be down. thing, like, last week, and it was, like, at, like, 10 or 12 million. To, like, what's this? <sighs> Just awful. Ah. The face last week, it was the Chargers, right? That was the Sunday Night Football game? Yep. Or was it? Jets Chargers. Yep. Or the Monday night. Was it Monday night? Um, it was prime time. It was prime time. Alex said they need the, the pregame footage of Rogers throwing the ball. Well, I mean, that's giving people hope. That's really giving people hope. But at the same time, you have Zach Wilson as your quarterback right now. You expect him to get you in a playoff spot and keep you there the rest of the season until Aaron Rodgers can actually come back. I I don't. I, I don't know what Robert Sala is doing. Robert Sala is not doing him any service right now, any good service anyway, to maintain his job as head coach with just saying, you know what, we're just going to ride with Zach Wilson. Sitting on your hands at the trade deadline where you could have gotten another quarterback, that, that's it's not looking good right now. It's not looking good. You could have had Josh Dobbs. You could have had Josh Dobbs. Anyway, Ann Bailey's telling me that Big Brother finale, Big Brother 25, their season finale is currently on right now, so I have to rush downstairs. Um, good slate of games this week. 
We're going to be looking at potentially coming back Tuesdays or Thursdays. So if you like us being on Thursdays, let us know on this video on YouTube. Comment in the section below. It's telling us, hey, stay on Thursday. Or if you like us on Tuesday instead, say, hey, go back to Tuesday. We want you to stay there. So let us know what you think in the comments. Subscribe to us everywhere you get your podcasts. Also, follow us on Facebook, on Twitter, on Twitch, on Kick, on YouTube. Subscribe to us there. We are still going to be giving away that jersey as well once we hit 500 subscribers on YouTube. So make sure you go over there and subscribe to us there. We'd, we really appreciate the support there. But thanks for watching this week, guys. And we will talk to you next Tuesday or Thursday, potentially. See ya.